podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Thursday, the 23rd of June, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you geoblock from, while also keeping your data safe. Go to LibertyShield.com and use the code EPL25, that's EPL25, to get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops. You'll find them on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, my day has taken a drastic turn for the worst. So uh, I won't be going through the next four teams on our list. Uh, that's going to have to be pushed till tomorrow and then at least Monday, Tuesday, then we have the last four and then we'll do the promoted three on Tuesday. Today, I am going to do listeners' questions. Uh, There are quite a few, so we'll jump into these and we'll go. So Sports Lens asks, what are the greatest what-if stories in football that you can think of? What if Gaza went to Manchester United instead of Spurs is one that I've always wondered about because under the guidance of Alex Ferguson and the kind of stricter man management that would have been in place there, what kind of difference would that have made to Paul Paul Gascoigne's career? Gaza, in my opinion, is the most talented English midfielder that there's ever been. More talented than Gerard, more talented than Robson, but because of how the media treated him and because of his personality and his want to please people and be liked by people, he obviously went completely off the rails. I don't think at United that happens. I don't think Ferguson allows any of that to happen. So that's always been one. What if Paul Gascoigne had gone? to Manchester United instead of Spurs. Another one is about Sebastian Deisler, arguably the most talented German player since Lothar Matthäus. It's more of what could have been. He suffered a bad knee injury, and then when he came back, he suffered terribly with anxiety. That caused depression and spoiled his career. He was retired at 27. I've always wondered what could have been with Sebastian Deisler, an amazingly talented footballer. Think Tony Cruz crossed with Beckham. Incredible passer, great cross with the ball, but could completely run a game. 
the way Cruz does. Uh, wonderful, wonderful player. So those would be two of the biggest for me that I've always kind of, you know, I always go back to both of those. Uh, what are some of your football bucket lists that you haven't filled? I've never seen my team win a European Cup in person, but I swore off European Cup finals after 2007. I didn't get to go in 05. Uh, and I don't know that I'll ever go to one again, but that will probably, so that will probably be, remain one that I won't fulfill. There's not a whole lot. I'd love to see a game at a packed Azteca. That's because the, the 86 World Cup just has always watching it back. So it's always stuck in my head, that stadium. Um, yeah, that's, they, they're probably, they're probably too. Uh, outside of Liverpool, which Premier League team would you advise a new fan to support considering the past potential of the club in the future and things like current manager infrastructure? Okay, <clears throat> so there's a couple here. So in terms of historic value, the potential of the club in the future, I would say Arsenal, but not, you know, the current manager is not very good. The infrastructure is not great, but Arsenal from a historic factor, outstanding. I'd actually say Brighton because I just have an affinity for the club. I lived in the area for years. I, I was a season ticket holder. I went every week. Uh, great club, really well run. Now they're just, you know, they're completely, they're, they're one of the model clubs in Europe in terms of how they run, how they operate, how smart they are, just the little advantages that they find for themselves. So I would say, yeah, Brighton is the club I would look at. The history is not there. But the potential, the current manager is Graham Potter, who's outstanding. The infrastructure is outstanding. They play great football. There's always exciting young players coming through in terms of, you know, whether it be from their academy or players more likely that they've brought in, that they've scouted really well and found in, you know, far-flung parts of the world. So I'd say Brighton. Uh, why is football so robotic nowadays and how can we return to the free-flowing game of yesteryear? Uh, Pep Guardiola made it robotic and football is a copycat sport. So unfortunately, people want to copy what's working and Pep's style of football works. It, it really does work. Um, but he takes a lot of the emotion out of the game and he does make it robotic. It's why City were so good with no fans because they're a very calculated team. They're quite clinical in their approach. There's a coldness to their football. And that's that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it is the copycat nature of football and people wanting to have their teams play like Pep. Of course, it doesn't always work if you don't have a billion quid to spend or you don't take over the reigning European champions or you don't walk into a Barcelona with... Messi and Iniesta and Busquets and Xavi and Puyol and PK and, you know, those type of guys. Um, so, yeah, that's those four. Uh, Theo Saki. Do you think Liverpool should sign Warren Zaire Emery and give him first team minutes in the right side at eight spot? I think the potential upside is absolutely massive. He's already a mature, more mature player than Curtis and more physical than Harvey. This kid is the real deal. Warren Zaire Emery is the real deal. He's 16 years of age, and he is a man already when he plays. Um, it's rare to see a player so young be so mature, but I think Theo is right. 
If you watch Florian Wirtz play for Leverkusen and you see how mature he is in his game, and he's been like that for a couple of years, Zaire Emery's the same way. Uh, physically, I don't think he could, I don't, don't think he'd have any problems in the Premier League. Not every game. He wouldn't be an every game starter. He's 16. But you could certainly play him seven to ten times in the Premier League, um, play him in some of the Cups. This is... I watched Camavinga at a similar age and thought, I've never seen a midfielder this good at this age. This kid is as good, if not better, at the same age. At 16, this kid is is every bit as good as uh, Camavinga was. He's really, really special. And uh, I've watched a whole bunch of them recently. Somebody asked me about him a couple of months ago, and I hadn't seen a lot. But I've watched probably 15 games in total on Scout, And, uh, yeah, he is, he's a different class. Physicality, intelligence, technical level is very, very high. Energy level, very, very high, as you'd expect from a 16-year-old. But, yeah, a special player. I definitely one to... Uh, definitely one to... Keep an eye on. Jason Bond. Question for the next pod. Zidane or Modric? It will always be Zidane for me. And I love Luka Modric. I absolutely adore Luka Modric, but Zidane is one of the three best players I've ever seen. He was just so special. And to do what he did at Juventus, at Bordeaux and then Juventus and then Real, it was just phenomenal. How good he was, how consistent he was. There's this myth going around because of Michael Cox that he was a moments player. It's absolute nonsense. Zidane was just phenomenal. And he had everything, absolutely everything. He was 6-2. He had an incredible first touch. He could beat players in the dribble. He could power past them. He could pick any pass. He could control the ball with any part of his anatomy and just kill it dead. Um, and he was tough. He was really, really tough. And Roy Keane talks about Zidane as his toughest opponent. And if Roy Keane holds you in that kind of high regard, you were probably pretty special. So it will always be Zidane. AMK2889. Do you think Lewandowski will become the second European player to reach 100 goals for his country. He's currently on 76. That's a big ask because Lewandowski does turn 34 in August. But he needs 24. I mean, he could do it over four years if he wants to play that long. And I assume he does. But to get to 24 goals, I mean, the in the last... He scored 11 in 2021, which is incredible. This, season, this year he's got two. Uh, 13, 15, 21. You'd have to go nearly five years back to get his last 24 goals. It is possible. Do I think he'll do it? No, I think he probably will fall a little bit short. I think he'll fall a little bit short. I think he'll get to 90. Um, 
Demolition one with the Anfield Road expansion, should the away fans be moved to another corner of the stadium and keep our fans behind both goals? Yes, they should. They absolutely should. Away fans should not be behind the goal at Anfield. Put them in a corner, put them, I don't know, put them in the Kenny stand, put them in the main stand. I don't really care where. But behind both goals, especially now with the Annie Road extension, should be all Liverpool fans. Um, AMK2889, again, in the past you've made comments you think City's owners would sell after the coming World Cup. Have I? I know I said I think PSG owners would sell. I don't know if I said City's owners would. In the off chance, what do you think that would mean for City? Could they get a mega rich owner or would the spending days be behind them? Um, if, if those owners go, City are, are done. Like they're dust. Just it's what it will be. They, they will cease to exist because there's just no way that they could maintain what they currently spend. Now, they've obviously set it up quite smartly through the City Football Group. I don't know that I've said City's owners would sell, though. Have I said that? I definitely said PSG owners could sell, and I still think they might. Um, but I don't know that I said City's owners would. See, the thing is, if City's owners want to sell, they're selling the whole job lot, the whole City football group. Now, it would depend on what they want for it, but that's a lot of football clubs to try and maintain. And they're pouring money in, left, right and centre. I, I think we could see, if they, that could be kind of ap- apocalyptic if they uh, decided to walk away. It really could. Isaac Gilding, at some point in the future, the cyborg Luka Modric will eventually tire and not too long after, so will Tony Cruz. In the future, Real Madrid's midfield three of Valverde, Camavinga and Chumeni is going to be one of the best in the world. Plus, they will still have Casemiro coming in and out. How do you think it will work? I, I think it's going to be fairly special. Now, the only knock on that midfield three is there's not a whole bunch of creativity. Like with Cruz and Modric, you had elite creativity, elite ability to dictate play. Um, Kamavinga can dictate a game. Chumeni's got good passing range, similar to, Ca- to Casemiro. But, you know, Valverde, as great as he is, he doesn't really have that elite level passing in his locker. He's a good pass with the ball. He's a clever player. But there's nobody who's who's got that sort of gene in them to run a game. So it may be that what they will look to do is bring in a creative force as a 10 and move to a diamond, because that would be a phenomenal diamond. If you put Chumeni at the base, Camavinga and Valverde, as your engine and you found the right number 10, that could be really special. Now, who that player would be is obviously the question. I mean, you're looking for someone basically like Luka Modric or Kevin De Bruyne. Um, So who that player would be, I don't know. It wouldn't be Jude Bellingham. I know he's been linked, but it wouldn't be him. That's not his game. I mean, the kid at Salzburg, Luca, could be him. His talent is off the scale. Um, 
if they kept Odegaard, I mean, Odegaard could do it. Not maybe not at the elite level, but certainly he'd be. He's a he's a good playmaker. Um, so that's probably what they would have to look to do. And then you play Vinicius plus what will likely be Erling Haaland at some point as your front two. And then from there, you try and get a bit more creativity at your fullback positions. Funnily enough, they had the two that you'd want, Hakimi and Theo Hernandez, and sold both of them because, you know, Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, th- that midfield basis, many Camavinga, Valverde, it gives you huge, huge potential to do whatever you want, really, with them. That they're such special players. And they're all so young as well. I mean, Fede Valverde is the oldest. I think he's 24 now. Um, what age is Fede? 23. He'll be 24 next month. So, you know, he's the, the older head in that midfield. Camavinga uh, is only 19. He turns 20 later this year. He is the baby in that midfield. And then Chiuameni is the one in the middle. He is 22. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a nice age blend. You've got, you could potentially get eight years out of them together if you just threw them in next summer. I mean, look, Luca, maybe you could just keep Luca for another year or two with those three doing all the running for him and just let him do his thing. But it's a, it's an enviable, enviable position for Real to be in. Now, they have obviously paid massive money for Chumani. Um, 100 million, including add-ons, 100 million euro, including add-ons, plus the tax, big wages, etc., etc. It's massive money for a defensive midfielder. Um, but you're potentially getting 10 years out of him. But when you look at the fact that they got Valverde for, I think, 4 million? I think it was 4 million they paid Penarol for Valverde. Now, he was only 18, so, you know, it was a gamble, or 19, maybe. It was a gamble. Um, But what a bargain that's going to turn out to be. And then Kamavinga, who was probably the most highly sought out after midfielder of the last decade um, in terms of young midfielders. I think they paid, was it 27, 28 million for him? So when you factor in that the three of them will cost them less than 150 million euro, I mean, you, you just average it out and say, well, you know, 50 for each of them, it's grand. What what a three or to have. What an amazing three or to have. And in Camavinga and Chiumeni, I mean, the, the potential upside with those two. Valverde is obviously very, very good. And he can play anywhere. I mean, that's kind of his great skill set is that he is like a Swiss army knife. He can literally just be plugged in anywhere, right back, right wing, central midfield. He can play off the left. If you needed him at centre back, he would step in and do a job for you. Might be a bit awkward positionally, but he would do a job for you and he will give you absolutely everything he has. Um, Fantastic, fantastic player. But the other two are really special. And Kamavinga in particular is really, really special. I mean, that kid walked into a Ren team at 16 
and was just bossing people around, telling senior players what it was they needed to be doing. Um, tremendous, absolutely tremendous player. But yeah, to answer your question, what do they need to do? I think they need to get a uh, a 10, a creative 10. And maybe that goes back to what Sportsland was asking about the fluidity of the game. Maybe we do see, because football is always cyclical and certain things disappear and then they come back and maybe the number 10 makes a, makes an appearance again. Um, Real would certainly have set a really good platform for that. And if, like I say, if Haaland goes there, and it's Haaland and Vinicius, well, having those two to supply for makes a 10's job a lot easier. The defence will need to be improved. Right back needs improving. Um, I'm not sold on... I still don't... Alaba as a centre-back still wouldn't be for me. Um, Militao's talented and he's good. He's a little bit rash and like, Rudiger's never going to be for me. But, I mean, they're set in goal. They've got Courtois. He's still got years left. And they've got Lunen. So they don't need to touch that. You know, if they can start properly planning for the long term of their defence. And, you know, they found Hakimi once. They found Theo Hernandez. Well, Theo Hernandez was easy to find. He was across the road at Atletico Madrid with his brother. Um, but, you know, they have been able to get those players before. If they had those two back where they can find the next iteration of those two, that solves that. Get your centers. Loads of really good young centre backs around. Loads and loads of them. So get a couple of those in, and all of a sudden, Real, Real could be unstoppable at some point if they add Haaland and sort that defense. They will be unstoppable. Um. Justin Mikado. My question is, FIFA decides to have a continental challenge in the summer of 2022. Every football federation can bring a team of 11 plus five subs as their continental representatives to go head-to-head with the other federations. The stipulations are you can only pick three players max from the same nation in your starting 11 and subs. Present players only, disregard injuries. Please rank from best to worst. Okay. Uh, Right, he says, as Oceania is quite small in choices, you can merge said conference to whichever. Um, I will probably merge them with Asia, I suppose, makes sense. Because, you know, well, the Aussies went into Asia, didn't they? So, um, okay. Right, let's have a let's have a gander at this then. Three players per country, or maximum three players per country. So in in Concacaf we have Mexico, USA, Canada, Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, Cuba. Haiti and Panama. Now, I'm not even going to pretend to have ever heard of a footballer from Haiti or Guatemala. I, no, I don't think I know anyone from Guatemala. I know there used to be a boxer. Uh, it was a really good boxer from Guatemala, wasn't there? And he fight Vernon Forrest. 
and beat Vernon Forrest, let me see. And he used to smoke and drink between fights. And Ah, Ricardo Mayorga. Was he from Guatemala? No, he's from Nicaragua. So, no, I don't know anybody from Guatemala. Um, right. So I did something like this similar enough recently. Um, actually, I tell a lie. Was the, the Caribbean zone of CONCACAF includes loads of other countries as well. Trinidad and Tobago, St. Martin, St. Lucia. Right. We're going to focus on the big four. Okay, right. Canada. We know Alfonso Davies is going to be the left back. There's, there's zero chance anyone from any other country here has a better left back than Davies. Um, Jonathan David will be in... I think Kyle Lahren is probably the third best player. Jonathan Osorio is a good player. Liam Miller is a good player. Hmm. Junior Hoylet for some old school vibes. Um, I'll come back to the third one. It might be just someone for the bench. Um, in terms of Mexico, we know that they're generally the strongest of these nations, but sometimes the national team does drop off a little bit. Marcelo Flores is really talented, the young kid at Arsenal. But I suppose we've got to go with the, the best players now. And obviously Edson Alvarez has to be one of them. So we throw him in midfield. Um, Kai says I should pick Guillermo Ochea. Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, no, no, no. Um, we, we have our goalkeeper. The goalkeeper is, is a no-brainer. Like, there's just... Sometimes a country produces a player that's just above and beyond what everybody else is. And in Kaylor Navas's case, he is above and beyond everything else that's come out of... Um, that's come out of uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Um, do you know what? I'm going to move Davies to left wing. And I'm going to put... Brian Oviedo at left back. I don't know why. I've always liked him. Um, so we'll go with him. I'll just I'll just go with Joel Campbell in attack. So now I need uh, I need to go back to Mexico because I've I've gotten distracted there. Um, so it's, what's this? I suppose Hector Herrera is probably the next best 
I, I went with Raul Jimenez the last time, didn't I? So we'll go Jimenez as well as a front three. Brian Alviedo might have to play right back in this. He just might have to play right back. Um, we'll go Hector Herrera in midfield as a third Mexican. So I don't think they have any centre-backs that really stand out to me at the minute. I haven't seen enough of Jonathan Gomez at Real Betis. Suppose I suppose we could. No, we'll, we'll leave it as it is. Um, America. See, the problem here is that there's not a particularly strong group of uh defenders, but there's quite a good group of midfielders America's midfield is where they're strong actually do you know what we're going to put Tyler Adams at right back I'm going to leave Davies at left back this is going to take me forever um, Alvarez can play centre back we're going to play him at centre back he was a centre back before he went to Ajax and in midfield we're going to put Yunus Musa. Going to have Hector Herrera. I really want Gio Reyna as my third American. Yeah, we'll go Gio Reyna. Reyna. So Musa, Herrera, and Reyna in midfield. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to do subs because I'm going to be here all day. Uh, Jonathan David, Jimenez, Campbell. Tyler Adams, Alvarez, and Davies, and we're just going to pick one more at random, and I'm just going to go with... I've actually seen this guy play at least. Calvo of... Um, of Costa Rica. He plays for San Jose Earthquakes, but he's been around years. He played for Chicago Fire. And uh, Minnesota United, which is where I saw him first, so we'll go with him. So Navas, Adams, Alvarez, Calvo, Davies, Musa Herrera, Reina, David, Jimenez, and Campbell. That is my CONCACAF team. Um, moving on to moving on to uh, South America. This one I can probably do subs for because um who watches CONCACAF fairness really I mean you might watch Liga MX and you might watch uh, MLS but I mean is anyone watching the Costa Rican domestic leagues like that's that's a level of being mental that even I can't comprehend um, so yeah we'll move on to South America um Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, they'll all have three. Colombia will have a couple. And there'll be one more. I'm going to be a little bit biased on this, by the way, so just to make you aware. Um, right, the two best centre-backs are Ronald Arejo. 
No, sorry, they're not. They're Sergio, they're Christian Romero and Marquinhos. So we're going to start there. Alison Becker is the best goalkeeper, so we'll just go with him. The best South American left back and right back is a little bit more difficult. Now, Arejo does play right back for the national team, so we'll just slot him in there. And at left back, I'm going to go... Tagliafico's very good, but is he good enough? The answer is probably yes, because I don't think Brazil have a decent left back at the minute. Uh, you could go with an Argentinian or a Uruguayan left back. They've got a couple who are good. Uh, Oliveira at uh, Napoli is good. Vigna at Roma is good. I'll go with one of them. Um I'll go with Oliveira. Um, into midfield, Casemiro. If I pick Casemiro, that's my three Brazilians, so that'll do. Casemiro is one of my midfielders. I've got, what, two Argentinians left that I can pick. Obviously, one of them is going to be Lionel Messi. My third Uruguayan will be Fede Valverde. Luis Diaz will obviously be in the team. It's my first Chilean. Um, we will also take. You know, for some old school, we'll go Arturo Vidal as a final piece to that midfield. I know he's well well past his best, but Casemiro and Valverde will do all his running for him. Um, so I've got Messi, I've got Diaz, and I need one more in attack. I can't have a Brazilian. I can have an Argentine. I will go with Laturo Martinez. So Laturo in between Messi and Diaz. Uh, subs then again we're going to go a little bit of old school we're going to go Alexis Sanchez as one Colombia will give us I really like Sinistera but don't know if I can justify him um I'll go Chicho Hernandez, who, by the way, has just left Watford to go to Columbus Crew in MLS. Um, 
Odd career move, but it is what it is. Um, if I pick Purvis Estupinen as my left back, I get another Uruguayan, which allows me then to bump Laturo to the bench in favour of Darwin Nunes and Purvis Estupinen comes in as my left back. That is 14. I need three more. Uh, who else plays for Ecuador that's worth a shout here? Oh, Moises Casado is really good, so we'll take him. That's 14. Uh, we're looking for a backup keeper and one more sub. No, backup keeper is it? Isn't it five subs? So, yeah, we're looking for a backup goalkeeper here. Um, I'll just take David Espina of uh, Colombia. So Becker, Arejo, Romero, Marquinhos, Estupinen, Casemiro, Valverde, Vidal, Messi, Darwin and Diaz up front, Ospina, Alexis, Chucha Hernandez, Latura Martinez and Moises Casado. Probably not the best 11, but it's what I've got for you now. Um... Let's move on then to Europe next. And I would suggest that because I say so, Thibaut Courtois is the best European goalkeeper right now. Jan Black had a stinker of a season, so I think it's got to be Thibaut. We'll put KDB in midfield. Uh, I think Joshua Kimmich goes in midfields. And my third midfielder, I actually think Rodri. So Kimmich and Rodri with KDB is sort of a 10. I think that's what we want. Uh, Trent is undoubtedly the right back. I'm going to say Joe Canseo at left back. Van Dyke is the starting centre-back and next to him next to him tempted to say Milan Skriniar I'm really tempted to say Milan Skriniar there's no one in the Premier League better than Skriniar other than Virgil There's no one in La Liga. Yeah, Milan Schrinier. Um, So now I'm just left looking for my attackers. Um, I mean, Benzema has to be one. He's, Mbappe has to be one. And looking for a wide player, so this is why it won't be Lewandowski. Um, Benzema beats him out for me. Uh, we will say I'll go Federico Chiesa because I want Italian in the team. 
Um, on the bench, then Lewandowski is one, obviously. All Black is one. Um, I'm going to go America Laporte. I'm going to go Nicola Barella. And Andy Robertson. Yeah, that's my European team. And I think that is definitely the strongest one so far. Uh, Africa then. Uh, front three will be Salah right, Mane left, and Osimian up front. In midfield, I think Zambo is a definite. I think Partey is a definite. And my third one. I mean, I'll just put Koulibaly in at centre-back while I'm thinking of it. Um, and next to him will be Tapsapa. Onana will be the goalkeeper. Fullbacks are a little bit tough. Hakimi. Hakimi's definitely the right back. Left back. Um, Third midfielder is Yves Basuma. Left back. Um, Basuma could play there, but he's right footed. Abdu Diallo could play there. I have I've got two Senegalese, so I could go with him. Don't think there's any one Egyptian that I would use. Nigeria. I have, you know what? I'll go Calvin Bassey and I'll just play him left back. Because let's be fair. Hakimi's not playing as a right back. He's bombing forward. So Topsapa, Koulibaly, and Bassi can push across. We get a back three. So that's fine. Um, then in terms of subs, 
Aubameyang has to be there. I think that's that goes without saying. Nabi. Nabi Keita. Oh, Nabi should probably. Yeah, we'll go Nabi on the bench. Uh, Nabi. Um, I did think of somebody. Mares. Definitely. Uh, we need one. I'll go Diallo to give me my defensive sub and a sub goalkeeper. I mean, there's some really good players not even getting consideration here. Wolf Zaha, Nicholas Pepe, people might not like them, but they are good players. Um, oh, in fairness, Mendy actually has to be the goalkeeper, doesn't he? So Onana can be the backup. But that means Diallo has to drop out. Uh, Mendy in goal. And I will go with... Um, I will go with Kasunu of Ivory Coast as my defensive sub. So I've got Mendy, Hakimi, Tapsapa, Koulibaly, Basis, Zambo, Partey, Basuma. I might go Nabi. Partey Basuma, but it doesn't really matter. Salah, Asimian, Mane, Aubameyang, Keita, Mares, uh, Kasunu, and Onana. Yeah, so you, Nabi or Zambo, you can have either. You can have two from three. Nabi, Zambo, and Basuma. Pick two from three, and you're good. Uh, that's a really good team, actually. That's a really good team. And there's loads of players I didn't even didn't even think of, like, or didn't even look at. Uh, young Czech, Dukure, um, Amadou Haidera, Musa Gineppo, um, Emmanuel Dennis, Ishmael Asar, Cameldean, Mohamed Kudus, Teo Wani. There's loads and loads of good players there that I haven't even gotten into. Uh, so strong African team. Um, and then the last one we'll do will be Asia. Um, we're going to include New Zealand in this because I, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea who plays for any other country in the uh, Oceania. And from New Zealand, I, I, there's not even anyone I'd actually want, is the truth of it. I mean, I'm going to include Chris Wood as a sub, and that's basically going to be it. I'm going to include Chris Wood as a sub, and uh, that's about it. So... Um, We'll start off with South Korea. Obviously, Young Min's son will be one. So we'll take him. Kim Min Jae would be one. Put him in at center back. And we will go with Lee Jai Sung, probably the next best. Huang from Wolves. Oh, Huang from Wolves is a shout. We'll put him in as well. Yeah, Huang from Wolves. Uh, that works. Right. Um, Japan. Loads of good players in the Japanese team. Tommy Asuza is a must. 
because uh, he's just a really, really good footballer. Um, I'm going to go Daichi Kamada. I'm going to play him as my nine with Huang and Son either side because uh, it's my team and I'll do what I want. And my third Japanese player. Tempted to go Taki Minamino. I do think player people are going to see what, what he can really do now that he's moved on is likely to play a lot more. I'm going to go Taki. I'll put him in midfield. Uh, he'll be all right. Now it gets weird because um don't really, don't really know anybody else. Uh, let's have a look at the Australian national team. Um, we'll take Matty Ryan in goal. We'll take... Who's that centre-back? Oh, Harry Suter. We'll go with him. I know he doesn't play all the time, uh, but he is actually quite good. So we'll go with him. And I'll go Aaron Moy just because at least I know what I get with Aaron Moy. Uh, that leaves me needing a left-back, a defensive midfielder, and all my subs. Oh, all my subs bar one because I've got the mighty Chris Wood. Um. So we've got Iran. To be fair, I've left. I haven't even picked from Iran yet. Who might be the best team of all of these? I uh, haven't picked from Saudi Arabia. Haven't picked from Qatar. But I don't know any of the players. I uh, don't think I know anyone from China either. Um, don't Espanol have a Chinese player? Do they? We will hear something. I get a forward though. So they've got a couple, China's got a couple of Brazilians. Oh, yeah, Wu Lei. Um, yeah, you know what? He can go on the bench. It fills the bench spot. Wu Lei, there you go. Um, I, there used to be a Chinese midfielder that I used to, uh, that I saw play when I was over there for friends, a friend's wedding. And I remember thinking he's really good. And I followed his career for a couple of years, and now I can't remember what he was called, but he's probably aged out at this point. It's a long time ago. Um, Who's that fullback who was at Inter? Nagatomo? He's Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, Yasser El-Sharani can play left-back, so Yasser El-Sharani is my left-back. Uh, he's a decent player as well, so Al-Halil represented. Um, Iran. There's a couple of decent players in this team. Hosseini. Could I take him? I could. I'm going to put Aaron Moy on the bench. I'm going to take Hosseini. He's a good player. 
and I'm going to take. We might be going with a little bit of four, four two here with Taki Minamino in a, mid, a double pivot. Um, I think that's what we're going to have to do because Tarami has to be in. So we're going to go Tarami. Actually, you know, we'll just drop Kamada back into midfield because that is where he normally plays. Uh, and Huang and Son can play either side of Tarami. So that gives me uh, Ryan, Tomiyasu, Minye, or Minje, uh, Suter, Al Sharani, Kamada, Haseni, Minamino, Huang, Taremi, Sun. And then I've got Moy, Lee, and Wood as three of my subs. And the final, I need what, a backup goalkeeper. So I'm just going to take, um, I'll take Saudi Arabia's goalkeeper. Alawaz, and I need a defender, and I just take, We'll take Al Malad. He's a midfielder, but he can play a bit of everywhere, so he'll do. Right, that's my team done. Uh, to, to rank these, uh, Asia is the weakest. Uh, they do have a couple of star names, but yeah, Asia is the weakest. Um, North America would be would finish fourth in this group of five. I think Europe wins. I think Europe is the best. Of the of the five, I think it's quite close between uh, Africa and South America. I really do think it's quite close. Now that might just be the way I pick the teams, but that front three, Salah, Asimi, and Mane, that is lethal. They've got great defenders, loads and loads of really good midfield options. Now, obviously, if you're picking a best of Arturo Vidal, is not in that midfield. I actually think if we do it this way, under these rules, I think Africa finishes second. So Europe, Africa, South America, North America, Asia. I think if you put them all in a group and everybody played each other once or twice, I think that's how it would work out, with Europe winning and Africa coming second. Um, yeah, that was fun. It took, took quite a while, but it was fun. Uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll just do the gossip, and we're done for the day. See you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, little bits of news. Uh, Christopher Nkunku has signed a new two-year contract at RB Leipzig that includes a £60 million buyout clause. So, next summer, he is going to be moving for £60 million. So, there you go. Um, this is a strange one. The medical staff in the Diego Maradona case are to be tried for criminal negligence in regarding to the death of the Argentinian football legend. Uh, so yeah, that's one to, to keep an eye on. Um, 
Gareth Bale has held talks with Cardiff. I'd love to see him go there. I just think that would be quite an interesting thing to see. Uh, we'll just run through the gossip then. Uh, Brazilian Ford Anthony is determined to join Manchester United this summer. Okay. Um, he's obviously worked under Ten Hag and has a good relationship with him. Paris Saint-Germain are willing to sell Neymar if they receive an acceptable offer. Nobody's going to make an acceptable offer. You're stuck with him. Brandon Williams could be sold for $10 million. I, I think he's a good player. Uh, I, I would probably buy him if I was in need of a third fullback because he can play both sides. If I was a mid-table team, obviously. Um, Ajax are set to make another offer for Steven Bergwijn. Tottenham will not accept anything under $25 million. They'll probably accept a little bit on the 25 million. Southampton have the te- have attempted to deter interest from Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham, and West Ham in England midfielder with a 75 million pound valuation placed on James Ward Prowse. 75 million pounds for James Ward Prowse, a 35 million pound footballer, if ever I saw one. Madness. Uh, Bayern Munich Chief Executive Oliver Kahn says he expects Robert Lewandowski to stay at the club this summer. Manchester City are in advanced talks to seal a signing of Mark Cucurella. It's Football Insider, so they've probably made like a light um, inquiry, but I wouldn't imagine there's advanced talks or anything of the nature. Leeds are looking at Cody Gakpo as a replacement for Rafinha. Very different type of player and nominally does play on the other wing. So they could move Harrison across and have him play on the right. Uh, but Cody Gakpo is a good player. It would be a good signing for Leeds. Leeds value Rafinha at £65 million. That's a lot of money. That's a, a, a we-don't-want-to-sell type of price, really, on Rafinha. Um, I'd love to know how much the Arsenal offer was. Nice are targeting a loan for Kepa. I don't think they are. I, I really don't think they are. Chelsea and Albania striker Armando Broglie will be open to a move for West, to West Ham. If Chelsea sell him, it's very, very stupid. If West Ham get him, it's a great signing. Barcelona manager Xavi is pleading with Usman Dembele to sign a new contract. I mean, the time to plead was six months ago. PSG and Bayern Munich are also interested in signing Dembele. I still think he might end up at Chelsea. Reims and Zimbabwe midfielder Marshall Manuzzi could be brought to Brighton as a replacement for Yves Basuma. I don't think so. I think they'll look at someone younger. Younger, uh, Mohamed Kamara of Salzburg is one that strikes me as would work. Uh, Quadio Kone would work, but he might be out of the price range now. Um... Marco Asensio was more interested in joining Liverpool than AC Milan. I would doubt Liverpool have any interest at this point. Loris Karius is ready for a fresh challenge as he looks for a new club, having left Liverpool. Romelu Lukaku, once he has completed his... Oh, sorry. Chelsea are waiting on Romelu Lukaku to complete his loan deal to Inter before acting on their interest in Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling will only consider leaving City if he's a first-team regular at a club challenging for the Champions League and leading domestic trophies. Um, that might not be Chelsea anymore. Brazil forward Vinicius says he will commit his future to Real Madrid despite interest from PSG. Yeah, I mean, why would you leave? Nigerian forward Teo Wani has said goodbye to his teammates at Union Berlin 
and is set to make a 17.5 million pound move to Nottingham Forest. Uh, if he plays for them as he played last season, he will be a great success. He's actually someone that if West Ham can't pull off the um, Broya deal, he'd make a lot of sense for them because physically uh, he's quite similar to um, Antonio. 15 goals in the league last season, 20 in all competitions. He's a good player. He is a good player. Um, right, that's it. I will leave you there. Uh, it went a bit longer than I had planned, and I have now sort of screwed my day a little bit. But not to worry. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.